Welcome back to Tevading Patiently, the appreciation podcast that highlights, dives deeper, and celebrates the work and accomplishments of our national treasure, Aaron Tevate. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2023, and in just a matter of days, Aaron will be stepping back onto the stage at the Al Hirschfeld Theater as our Christian, the composer. Like, I know he's been back in rehearsals, I know the news is out but it still feels like a dream that he will actually be reprising his role at the Rouge. And I'm so, so excited to return to the Rouge myself to see this spectacular show again in the ways that it has changed so much of my life and has connected me with so many wonderful people. But anyway, Moulin Rouge is not the focus of today's episode. Braindead is, and more specifically, the relationship between Gareth Ritter and Laurel Healy. Braindead seems to be that one project of Aaron's that really brings out all of the mixed feelings. It's definitely an interesting subject matter, a political satire, bugs from another world crawling into and eating people's brains, extreme political views. At times, the political aspects feel a little too real to our current political climate. What's interesting about satire and doing things through a satirical kind of lens is you can go a lot further and make uh, you know, a, lot, a lot more kind of statements that aren't necessarily political, but of course are political. And uh, yeah, so I just thought it was, you know, and, and as a follow-up for the kings from The Good Wife, I thought it was just a spectacular, different thing. And also that, that CBS is taking such a chance on something like this. You know, kind of all those things were just wonderful. But from what I've heard from others, the mixed feelings come in more relation to the bugs, brains, and head explosions, and they're not alone. In interviews with Mary Elizabeth Winstead prior to the full premiere of the show, Aaron talks about the ick factor that he felt when reading the scripts and how he thought that some scenes were just, to quote him, disgusting. First got that script and you read bugs, brain, what? (laughs) What was your reaction? So I have to kind of like I know I have to read the scripts, but I get a little grossed out sometimes. When it, and it's just like you know action lines describing it. I'm like that's so disgusting. But yeah, that's kind of that was my initial reaction. And if I'm being completely honest, I was hesitant to start the show for those same reasons. I wasn't even sure I was going to continue after episode one. But I have to say that I'm glad I gave the show a chance because Aaron's character, Gareth, and Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, Laurel, have become one of, if not my favorite on-screen relationship that Aaron has been a part of. So let's dive in. Taking this role put Aaron in a situation where he would be coming face-to-face with one of his greatest fears. In an interview with The Late Show, Aaron shared that one of his greatest fears of a child was being abducted by aliens. Here's how he explains that. Do you personally subscribe to that there are aliens out there, that we've ever been visited by aliens? I do. So it doesn't scare you at all? Oh, no, it's scary. <laughs> I made the mistake of watching Fire in the Sky when I was a kid. Was What's it, Fire in the Sky? It was a D.B. Sweeney movie that came out in the 90s, basically about this guy who got abducted and 
remembered his whole experience through flashback. They like put a probe down his mouth and cut open his eye. So basically for the three or four years after I saw this movie, I thought I was going to get abducted by aliens every night when I went to bed. And I used to actually sleep with my baseball bat right next to my bed, just in case. Because some part of me thought, an alien species that has technology to come to Earth is going to be deterred by my baseball bat, which, you know, probably wasn't the you best You ever swing out at mom and dad in the night? I was ready to go. No, no, thank goodness I didn't, but... Lucky for us, Aaron pushed through those fears to star in this show, face those alien bugs head-on, and connect with Laurel. He also shared in another interview that he pulled inspiration for the deceptive political nature from another character that he played years prior, Frank Abagnale Jr. in Catch Me If You Can. Did you find playing uh, Frank, Ab and, uh, don't ask me to pronounce, Abagnale, Abagnale <laughs> as it some way or another inspiring you or in in giving you some sort of a sense of how I can use deceptive techniques uh, to apply. Absolutely, I mean, <laughs> that is what a great a role. I mean, I saw the show on Broadway, so yeah, that was a uh, kind of. I did. I learned a lot from that um, that particular project. I worked on it for a long time. I actually got to know Frank really well. I got to meet him as well. And he's just like one of them. He's honestly. I mean, he's a good-looking guy, but he's kind of unassuming, except for the fact that I remember the first time I met him. He was in a room full of. It was probably it was at a reading of the show we were doing around. There's probably hundred people in the room, and honestly, it, when you looked across him, it looked like he was ten feet tall. Like he just has this kind of thing about him, and uh, you know that I think it was interesting working on that and then thinking about being an actor and kind of like the belief that you need to have in yourself and what you were saying about bringing to yourself to something and just kind of I was really struck always by his stillness and kind of how he would command everything and that's just it's kind of a random thing that I have thought about a lot being an actor since then, that you can kind of just be yourself and be there and you're enough. And that's, you know, that's like, that's another like thing for my psychiatrist yeah. cast, you're enough. <laughs> but that, I didn't learn that from Frank. And, uh, you know, that, and that's how he deceived people. And that's how he pulled these tricks is that he just completely believed in what he was doing and therefore everyone else did too. And so I think that's something that is good for, it's good for acting and politics in mm -hmm. a terrible way. First off, it took a moment to move past that interviewer who was completely butchering Frank Abagnale Jr.'s name. But on another note, I love it when Catch Me If You Can comes back around because whenever Aaron talks about that show, it is so evident how much it meant to him. But from that interview clip, I really like that Aaron pointed out that it's okay to just be yourself and believe in yourself in situations. In life, that's totally true. And in Braindead, Gareth and Laurel allowing each other to be their true selves is what enabled their relationship to grow throughout the series. In an interview with Robert and Michelle King, the creators of Braindead, they were breaking down the characters and they described how Aaron absolutely nailed his audition when he came in for his first read as Gareth. Gareth Ritter, legislative director for Senator Wheatus. Aaron Tveit plays Gareth. And he came in and read, and he was spectacular and a real charming presence. And then we saw... Grease Live, and of course, this isn't a part that involves singing and dancing, but the charisma of a song and dance man is a part of this guy, and he absolutely has that. I mean, there's definitely no shortage of charisma when it comes to Aaron's portrayal of Gareth. He's a smooth talker, a professional when it comes to banter, and he's the perfect date for tax prom. If you haven't seen the show, Laurel and Gareth, they're working on opposite sides of the political spectrum. 
Gareth becomes the chief of staff for the Republican Senator Red Wheatus. His charm and charisma serve him well as that chief of staff in order to get his causes and agenda achieved with the senator. He's a very smart guy and he doesn't, um, I'm not afraid to let other people know how smart I am, which is a lot of fun. I wrote a number on a piece of number paper. number that you faked. To see if you'd steal it. That's all. You didn't have to steal it. You kind of see Gareth, even though he's, he's only legislative director, he kind of is able to put into action the things that, that he wants to do and he can enact. And he kind of gets to, I think, pull one over on the senator because the senator basically just signs whatever he puts in front of him. There's supposed to be some backbiting and battling between him and Laurel. And yet, obviously, there's this real chemistry and affection they can't resist. Laurel, on the other hand, is the sister to the Democratic senator, Luke Healy. And Laurel and Gareth, their meet-cute starts off confrontational, when Gareth barges into Laurel's office when she's talking to a constituent. She thinks he's just another constituent, there to share a problem, and once he reveals who he is and who he works for, he proposes a deal that if Laurel presents it to her brother and he accepts it, together they can work to keep the government from shutting down, which is the issue in episode one. Ultimately, Laurel's brother doesn't accept that deal, and the government shuts down, putting Laurel and Gareth even further at odds before the show really even gets started. I really appreciate and I'm really drawn to Laurel's passion and how smart she is. And even though we kind of, especially the beginning, are seemingly on two sides of this thing, I think as the show goes forward, you see in a lot of ways how similar they are, even in their differences. But also there's a there's a wit and a banter and a sarcasm back and forth that you don't find with a lot of people. And I think these two people, being as smart as they are, that's something that just instantly brings them together. Despite starting off on the wrong foot, it does not take long for Gareth and Laurel to realize that there may be something there that wasn't there before, once things start getting weird in DC. As the brain bugs start to invade, the people don't just start to change, but in extreme cases, heads start to explode. The show calls them spontaneous head combustions, and Laurel gets word that one of these head combustions takes place on a news show that her brother was supposed to be on that morning. First, she's relieved when she learns that her brother is safe, but then she learns that the incident happened to, quote, Red Wheatus's man, which should have been Gareth. Panicked, Laurel goes to Gareth's office and f- to find him, and he's not there, and her worry only grows. However, Gareth comes into the office behind her, he says her name, and the look that she gives him when she turns around is one of relief, and it becomes clear to her, Gareth, and us as the viewer, that these two, they have. After attending tax prom together and having that infamous this is how we do it dance scene, Laurel gets scolded by her dad for being seen with Gareth, a Republican. Laurel has this rebellious side, and she does not like to be told what to do by her family, hence why she moved away from D.C. prior to the start of the show. So she actually invites Gareth to go out for a drink, just in spite of her father. And after telling Gareth about her dad and them being watched at tax prom, he applies that Gareth charm and says that they should give the people something to talk about. And then they kiss. The kiss occurs, and anytime Aaron kisses someone on screen, on stage, it takes your breath away. Even though Laurel runs out of the bar after that kiss, they both know that there's 
definitely something there between them. You know, again, I think it's uh, they've done a wonderful job that typically you would see us in the pilot and say, oh, they hate each other, they're going to end up together. I mean, that's kind of the way that it works. But I think that they have, they've done a fantastic job of making it not a typical story and that this relationship is based in the reality that they live in. And there's obviously an attraction and there's obviously a repulsion at the same time. But, you know, I think that they kind of, as the whole rest of the story develops, their relationship kind of falls a little bit, you know, into, it, it's in a tough spot because of what's happening politically, but they also, you know, they're just trying to navigate these kind of, the, the waters of them around it. And there's also something too really nice about kind of some stuff that happens. There's all this crazy stuff going on is that we kind of get to be the real people in it at times, you know, to show that there is like normal life happening too. So, I don't know, I think they're just not after that night, Laurel and Gareth, they have conversations here and there. All the while, Laurel is learning more and more about the brain bugs and who and how they are infecting. Her sidekicks become Rochelle and Gustav, and they're helping her gather more intel. So far, a few things that they've learned is that the bugs are breeding in the cherry blossom flowers, they're accessing the brain through the ears, and they're causing hearing loss. Early on, there's an FBI agent Anthony, who is looking into the head explosions, and he and Laurel, they start flirting and spending time together. Until one morning, they wake up and Laurel realizes that he can't hear her, and her suspicions of him being infected grow. Later on, Laurel is actually attacked by Anthony in her apartment in the attempt to get her infected by the bugs. And after that event, Gustav gives her a mosquito netting to put over her bed and headphones to wear for protection. However, unbeknownst to Laurel, the bugs, they're already in her apartment because Anthony brought them in with her bouquet of cherry blossoms, and she neglects to wear the headphones when she goes to bed. So this sets the scene for one of the weirdest and most unforgettable scenes on TV, and in Mary Elizabeth's career and Aaron's career as well, they still list this one as one of the weirdest things they've ever done. Actually, the, another uh, really memorable, memorable episode was you, your character mm -hmm. somehow can combat the power of the bugs in the brain by yes. having sex with people. Correct. Which is crazy. <laughs> so when you realize you had that, that power in your pants when you read that script. Yeah, I was like, wow, man, this is That really is one of the craziest episodes yet. There's a thing that people say, oh, what's the craziest scene you've ever shot? And Mary Elizabeth Winstead yes. and I <laughs> would, uh, actually, we, while, bef when we read the script and then we were shooting the scene, we, we kind of both said to each other, well, we now have an answer to what that is when people ask what's the craziest thing. I mean, honestly, <laughs> we spent eight hours this day doing this scene. Basically what happens is, is she gets bugs in her brain right. and you find out that drinking, eating bad food, things that kind of just make you feel things. And sex with Aaron Having Ray. sex with <laughs> Gareth Ritter, me, whatever. So you find out that that can kind of move these bugs around. So I get put in the position to do this. And How the writers even came up with the details of this scene is beyond me. It's like they just rolled a random dice and to see whatever came up and they ran with it. Laurel, her character, she runs with it too. And luckily for her, it works. But filming this scene was no easy feat. There were so many parameters that they had to follow because this was filming a sex scene for network television. So they had to film a sex scene without actually giving off the mannerisms and noises of a sex scene. Add in salami and chocolate, and the scene became what Aaron called a nightmare to film.
Like it's like it's like how do you so so these are the parameters that we have to do this this love scene, which is so awkward always anyway. And then while we're doing it, she's proceeding to eat salami and chocolate yes. and hand me salami right. that I have to take a bite of. And yeah. it was the salami was disgusting. <laughs> and we 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 would take a bite and then spit it into the prop guy's hand and he would leave <laughs> and then continue the scene with the smell of it was just what you've been through. Yeah, you know, what what we do for <laughs> for the art. For our art. But no, it was uh, you know, thank God Mary Elizabeth is so cool and great and uh, and I think both of us felt comfortable enough to be able to do that because yeah. it was honestly it was a nightmare but it <laughs> but it became so funny and watching the episode and watching that this first 15 20 minutes of that episode is you know I was very proud of it because it's hilarious it's really hilarious I mean ew I share Aaron's disgust I can only imagine how disgusting that salami tasted because it looked disgusting and to have to do that for multiple takes probably gross so before moving on I just want to say thank you to Aaron and Mary Elizabeth for being such troopers, because while that scene most likely was a nightmare to film, it is now one of the most talked about and most memorable scenes from the show. When Laurel first starts working for her brother in DC, it's because she needs to earn money so that she can continue working on and creating her documentaries. The one that she's currently working on through most of the show is on Melanesian choirs. And one night, Laurel is out at the bar with Anthony, the FBI agent. This is before he was infected by the brain bugs. And Gareth comes into that same bar with a lady reporter. He approaches Laurel at the bar, obviously jealous that she's with Anthony, and he tells Laurel a story about an old woman who went out and sold her body for 10 cents per person. Laurel walks away from him, offended. But later that night, Gareth is in his apartment with his lady friend, the reporter, in the next room, and he's looking at Laurel's GoFundMe page for her documentary. The next day, Laurel sees that there is an anonymous donation that's been made in the amount of $750.10. That $0.10 is a dead giveaway to Laurel as to who donated that money. And when she approaches Gareth about it, he denies the the donation, but not before he gives her one of the cutest smiles. I don't know how Aaron does it, but he says so much in every role he plays just through his looks. As the episodes continue to progress, Laurel learns more and more about the brain bugs. She fills in Gareth as best as she can, but he doesn't totally believe her. That is, until he's staying late at work one night and he peeks into Red's office and sees the queen bug flying back into Red's ear. Like, I know it's fake and there's not really a bug flying into his ear, but just that idea. Ugh. If you've seen the show, you know the scene and the look that crosses Gareth's face. His reality is shattered. He shares what he saw with Laurel and he learns more about the conspiracies and the wild ideas that Gustav has come up with to try to get rid of the bugs. And unable to process any more, Gareth walks away but tells Laurel he'll call her. But Laurel beats him to it and calls him that night to check in on him, which jumpstarts my favorite scene of the entire show. Hello. Hey, it's me. Is it too late? I... (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm here. What's up? Just want to make sure you're okay. Are you? I am. I'm just... uh... 
What are you doing? They're snuggling and Gareth's vulnerability when he asks Laurel if she'll keep the bugs away, I melt every single time. So after that scene, as a viewer, things are looking up for Laurel and Gareth. But the brakes are put on real quick when Laurel ends up receiving funding for her documentary from Red and tells Gareth that she'll be leaving DC to go finish it. She asks him to come with her, but he turns down that offer, telling her that that's not who he is. Both of them, and us as viewers, are heartbroken. I mean, come on. Things were going so well. Luckily, luckily, once Laurel witnesses her brother taking a stand against Red and his crazy agenda, she comes to a different realization, that if the action and change is happening in DC, she wants to stay and be a part of it. And based on the kiss that she and Gareth share, I'd say he's quite pleased with her change of heart. Okay, so the show wraps with Laurel, Gareth, Gustav, and Rochelle banding together to rid DC of the bugs. The politicians of DC seem to be returning to normal, or at least back to whatever normal is for politicians in DC. And the song at the end of the series does like a wrap-up where to see where all the characters are, and we see that Laurel and Gareth, they're still together and happy but it's revealed that they have a very different opinion on one key relationship topic. Laurel's leaving politics, she's tired of DC. Someday she might finish her dream documentary. She and Gareth got a place together. They kiss and can noodle every night. How many kids do you want? Zero. Why, how many kids do you want? The normal amount, like five or six. Is five or six the normal amount for kids? I mean, I'm one of two, and I grew up only ever wanting two kids. You know, so we can play man-to-man defense against them instead of being outnumbered and having to move to a zone. But that's just me. I mean, I hope Garrett and Laurel are still together and they figured out how to compromise on this subject. I think sometimes about where they would be now, and I do feel that they're still together, I feel like they still hold firm to their beliefs, but are open to each other's viewpoints, that they have their arguments, but they always make up. And I'd like to think that Gareth stepped away from politics to join Laurel while she finished her quest for her documentary. And I'd love it if there could be a Laurel and Gareth Where Are They Now episode because together they really were so lovable, and the chemistry between Aaron and Mary Elizabeth was something to behold. I know I left out a lot of the politics and the brain bug 
ness of the series, but I really wanted to just focus on Laurel and Gareth's relationship throughout the series because it was something so special, and I grew to love them, and I've become attached to them. So I'll end with a confession. I do still watch Brain Dead from time to time, but now I just skip ahead and I watch the scenes with Laurel and Gareth. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to follow me on Instagram at Tivating underscore patiently and on TikTok at Tivating patiently for more fun Aaron content. Hope to have you back here for episode 28. Until-